0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Cale Guthrie-Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief here at Modern Retail. And this week, I'm really excited. We have Kara Oppenheimer. She is the co-founder of Goodbye, which is a really interesting new tool. The idea is to connect online shoppers with more local brands. Um, I want to get into just sort of the nitty-gritty of how it works, the type of brands that she's working with. It's been around for, I think, about a year. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh, just to get into the growth of it and also... I know that Kara had a a life before this in agency world, and now she's in the startup world, and so I always like to hear about sort of the transition from that. But Kara, how are you doing? Uh, Thanks for joining.
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Kale.
0: Absolutely. So um, first, tell me about yourself. You were a creative director before this, right?
1: Yes, you guessed right. So about 18 years previous to my entrepreneurial journeys, I worked as a creative director, led creative teams at sort of brand experience agencies, advertising agencies held by large, you know, Interpublic Group and Omnicom. You know, I worked with a lot of big brands, you name it. You know, I've been in the room with their marketing teams, Porsche and Lego and McDonald's and Intel, whether it's big tech or, you know, startups themselves. I've had a lot of engagement and interaction with some pretty incredible brands.
0: Wow. And so what made you decide to make the jump into doing something Pretty different. It's different in the sense you're still working with brands, but from a very different perspective, I guess. Yeah, my
1: my co-founder would joke. So we do a lot of chatting about, you know, our superpowers at work. And I I without trying to sound, you know, egocentric, my my own superpower since I was a small child has been my creativity, right? Using my creativity to solve simple problems, to solve complex problems. It's something I enjoy, it fulfills me, it brings joy to me. And So It's obvious why I fell into sort of marketing that said, you know, the advertising world allows for a lot of entrepreneurship, right? You are working with big brands to solve their complex problems, right? Large challenges, big budgets, but there's less control. And as a control freak, (laughs) born a control freak, you know, it was sort of inherent in me since I was a small child to build my own things. It sounds small right now, but, you know, I turned prom into an opportunity and sold earrings that match people's dresses, you know, it was inherent in my being. And so I knew I was going to leave the advertising world at some point. I didn't know it'd be when I had two kids and I would be 37, right? (laughs) I I had thought it would be my whole life, but you know, I think all works out the way it's supposed to. And ultimately it was sort of, um, came together due to timing, like a lot of people. I'm the child of small business owners. We can get into that in a second because it's one of the largest motivators to me starting this business. I met my co-founder six years ago. We talked a lot about what it meant to shop consciously, how hard that was as a mom, how inefficient it was, how much time it took to find like a simple sunscreen from a reef safe company, right? Or a sustainably focused company. And we ended up exhausted by it and with a million Amazon boxes at our door during the pandemic. And I think- You know, to to cut the story real short, that sort of feeling of wanting to support small that I had, you know, as a child of small business owners, seeing the struggles of the rise of mega retailers, you know, and watching my parents go through that and so many of their friends, that feeling became universal during the pandemic, I think, right? Like we were all buying a sandwich from a local shop we were supporting a small business and seeing that our dollars sort of meant something. And not only that it helped the business, but that you got something out of it. Like not only the joy, but something new and interesting, right? Endorphins from that, like the joke about heroism from sitting on your couch, right, and spending some dollars was really interesting. And so that's really what led me to the entrepreneurial part of this journey into building Dead Buy, right? Because I wanted to create a really efficient way to have folks be able to shop consciously, meaning with small businesses, easily find the products they were already looking for from those small businesses that aligned with their values. And so that's why I left. I mean, long-winded answer, but really was sort of the compilation of a lot of things happening in my world and everyone else's worlds.
0: So it sounds like the pandemic was a, a pretty big catalyst and just seeing interesting. So first let's back up a little bit, just so, th- yeah. so the listeners know, can you just give the the quick, you know, few minute pitch or concept of how goodbye works?
1: Yeah. So we're two sided sort of marketplace. So just to, to contextualize that a little bit for the consumer, goodbye, my- goodbye makes conscious shopping, ridiculously easy, right? So how the functionality of the tool works, we released a series of browser extensions on Chrome. We've got a a browser extension on mobile, a shop page deployed, but essentially we deploy our 180,000 small businesses across 16 different business values and owner identities as a searchable shoppable database, but also as a browser extension that intercepts all of your reflexive online shopping behaviors with mega retailers. So you go on Amazon, you go on Walmart, you go on Sephora, Nordstrom, Target, if you've got our extension installed, it pops up with the same product or better from an independent brand that aligns with your values. So it really removes all of the labor. So that's the sort of consumer side. And we can obviously dive deeper into that. But the idea is to make conscious shopping super easy and intercept all of the sort of ways we trained ourselves, right? Right to shop, right? We go right to Amazon, 62% of all online shopping starts on Amazon, right? They're sort of the Google for shopping. 70% of all online spending happens with 15 mega retailers. So instead of playing another DTC brand and say, come to my marketplace, we create tools that intercept the existing behavior to direct people to these incredible small businesses. So they're no longer on page 10 of your shopping results and your search results. So that's the consumer side for the SMBs who are likely the folks right listening here you know we ultimately have created an affiliate program and an SMB tool suite that we'll be launching next year that helps scale their visibility and opportunity with vetted consumers right with consumers who want to shop consciously with this growing base of gen Z millennial moms with largely women at this point in our journey who want to find and source these incredible independent D2C brands, right? And be able to discover them. So we essentially aggregate all of these businesses inside of our tools, inside of our shop homepage, and allow like-minded folks and vetted customers to find them. Small businesses also have the opportunity in our tool to sort of, you know, do some paid placement if they'd like to. It's not a requirement. You know, we are launching, we're learning with our small businesses ourselves. Like you said, we're 18 months into our journey. We'll eventually be launching some simple SEO tools that allow them to understand how to better show up on, goodbye and off, right? To scale their businesses and their own opportunity. I think the biggest thing to point out, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is sort of the landscape we find ourselves in, right? Both as small business owners and as consumers, But more importantly, as small business owners, CAC is extraordinarily high. It's impossible on Instagram to get the same customers you were looking for for the same value. We're all out there looking for brokers to get us into Sephora and into Target and into other boutiques, right? To help us sell and wholesale our products. We're finding programs, but we're not necessarily finding completely new opportunities for folks to be able to shop holistically in a space that has all the things they want to find. So, what we're really trying to do is sort of create an ecosystem at scale, right? That is sort of like the Etsy or the Amazon for independent brands, D2C companies that sources and aggregates them alongside of your values. So, again, as you've already noticed, I can be a little long-winded, but (laughs) I'm very passionate about what we do, and I think it's important to kind of give everybody the full picture of how Goodbye functions on both sides of the ecosystem.
0: Absolutely. So with the SMB side, how does the business model work? Um, Like, is it it pure pure affiliate? Uh, You mentioned that they can pay for visibility. Go into the the weeds of all that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's important to mention how new we are in this space. So I'm going to contextualize it just for one second really quickly we spent the last year of our business as goodbye building up the consumer side right we're nothing without being able to say to our SMBs we have a huge consumer base right we've got 40,000 user profiles many more users than that vetted quality users seventy percent of those are active users right without that what's an SMB gonna sign up for goodbye right so we need to build the ecosystem and continue to scale it so We have to this point directed just under $2 million to our small businesses, completely free. So many of the small businesses listening might actually be able to go into their Shopify, which we'll get into a second, their Shopify data and see that we've sent them $4,000 in sales, $10,000 in sales, right? They've actually reached out to us to say, how do we become a part of this, right? We, We started that this way. So to get into your question, On November 15th, we launched our Shopify app. Currently at this point in our life cycle, our businesses need to be on Shopify. Long-term, that will not be the case. But for now, if you're on Shopify, you can simply install our app, which again launched on November 15th. How it works is you follow a simple onboarding, does not install any code on your site, does not slow down your site. Once it's installed, you accept the terms. It's exactly, as you said, a very, very simple affiliate fee. It's 10% of every sort of purchase for a new customer that finds you through Goodbye. You know, I think at some times people hear that and they go, well, what are the other fees, right? They come to us as sort of, they've been on Amazon and are seeing 30 to 40% of their cart price taken out. There are no other fees. There are no click fees. There are no onboarding fees. There's no monthly fees. There's no selling fees. We are really trying to create a scaled alternative for SMBs to be able to join and say, okay, we give 10% of every first purchase to most people. This is doable. Net new customers. The beauty of what we're trying to do, right, as the child of small business owners, I know how important it is to receive that contact. So that 10% affiliate fee is truly the, the simple model, but we do give the contact information directly to the small business. So they receive that user. They can market to them thereafter. They can acquire that user thereafter. And if they find them through Goodbye again, of course, we, we take that sales commission. If they go direct to them after our attribution time period, they'll receive that sale thereafter. So it's a really kind of interesting new model, I think, where things get exciting is that we've got 4 million searches run on the tool already. That's in one year with very little product out, right? And so that data that we see when a user is on Amazon, on Sephora, on Walmart is invaluable to our businesses. So the idea right is in Q one, Q two, we're launching a series of tools, including boosting opportunities, you know inside of our paid search, but also SEO opportunities that tell them, you know how they can best perform in a very tangible way, you know, on goodbye and off. And then obviously, as I mentioned, we already have launched the sort of alpha program I'd call it for paid placement, which is very simple. At this stage, many businesses are contributing. It allows them to be seen in the 20,000 searches that are run on Goodbye Daily. They sit on our homepage. They're a part of our email outreach strategy. Um, we're scaling that currently, so it's quite small and, you know, at this stage. But we're learning from our community and from our small businesses what matters to them and what they'd like. So growing sort of rapidly in that space. But currently, the core you know, to the business model is the 10% affiliate fee
0: got it got it um let's talk about customer acquisition because you mentioned I think you said 40,000 profiles you have on the site is that correct absolutely so yeah. how did how did you go about acquiring those customers and also you you have the ex, you have the extensions and then you also have the website where people do searches where is that is that correct how, how where do you see the most activity
1: it's a really interesting question so it's kind of spread dependent on the user so our chrome extension sees the highest spend. And I think you could probably infer why, but I'll state the obvious. When someone goes to buy an important purchase, an expensive purchase, let's say a mattress or a coffee table or a dining table for their home, you can imagine that impulsive mobile purchase is not happening there, right? They move to Chrome extension. And so we see the highest sort of value customers on our Chrome extension, but it had the least virality because we all know we're on mobile more the more impulsive purchases with a lower average order value. So our overall average order value is $107. So much higher. It's about 4x that of you know, your typical Amazon. We see a much higher average order value on Chrome extension and a slightly lower average order value than that, You know typically in the $90 range, sometimes $80 range on mobile, but we see a quicker turn on purchases. We have about 250,000 product clicks. So just imagine these are, we kind of think of these as store referral clicks because when someone clicks once on a goodbye, they end up on your site, right? They're not clicking around on your products, they're moving over to your site. So it's a really valuable click. 10% of those clicks turn into a purchase. So that is extraordinarily high on Goodbye. So those just to help you sort of frame up where people are. The shop page was sort of secondary. We didn't know we would do this, but we ended up sort of building the behavior with our core users, our super users through our tools. And they said, well, we wanna shop your 72 million products directly. We wanna click sustainable and just shop. So we deployed that database pretty easily through our shop page. That is where we convert a lot of our users. They sort of start to search, see the value. They're like, wow, this is cool. It's different. There are thousands of my favorite D2C brands here. I can save them all to one profile, right? So that's how we convert these users at a pretty low cost to us, right? It it creates a unique proposition. And then once they're in, they're getting the browser extensions, they're downloading our app, they're saving to wish lists and ultimately coming to Goodbye as a way to search because we prioritize those trending businesses, those D2C brands, right? Those are places of verified business on our tool, right? These sort of really cool up and coming brands that they forget about but we aggregate them so they come here and remember them. So that's sort of our conversion funnel typically happens through our shop page, sometimes happens to our more impact-focused individuals on our extension because they're trying to actively change their behavior. So it's kind of a circular ecosystem, you know, where they come from. You asked a lot about how we acquire, much like the folks out there in the SMBs. It's a, a makeup of direct, of paid search, <laughs> of, you know, paid social, many of our core users, 97% female identifying, you know, um, we've started with a higher household income because we're looking at sort of a little bit of a higher average order value and spend. We'll likely expand that as we move forward. You know, that's why our high average order value as well. So I, I think it's Im- sort of important to note that, that the largest amount of our referrals actually come from our SMBs. So we're building a community. This is the unique sort of proposition here is our SMBs like Our Place and Wildling Beauty who have a lot of followers and an affinity for what we're trying to accomplish, You know, have built a relationship with us and then say to their followers, this is so cool, right? Get on this, you'll find other brands like us. And so they follow and it creates this sort of interesting effect, a referral effect that is very effective for our business and for our small businesses, right? It builds community in a place that feels very siloed for SMBs. Like they're up against the world, they're up against Amazon. How do we create community in in small business? So again, long-ended answer to your question, but that's truly sort of how we build this ecosystem of consumers and small businesses.
0: All right, we're gonna take a quick break right now. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. So you mentioned that's 97% female identifying users on goodbye. Uh, the word conscious is a pretty open-ended yeah. term. Like like what what do you find that most of the people mean? Is it that they want uh, a brand that is closer to them? How are they defining it and what are they looking for? Or is it just in negation? Is it just I don't want to buy from Walmart?
1: That is the priority. Okay. So you nailed it. The priority is that small business are our stakeholders. We're a month away from our B Corp small businesses are what matter most to us, right? We define small currently, and we're looking at reevaluating this, is under 50 million in gross revenue a year. So it's sort of like, like you said, a lot of, um, it it encapsulates a lot of folks that are not Walmart, essentially, right? It incorporates opportunity for the folks that are really struggling, right? So small business, first and foremost, to answer your question about what matters to people, it depends. And that's why it was so important to us to hit these different, 16 different business values and owner identities, because some folks value veteran-owned, American-made, right? And small, because small is a priority for us. Some folks say all they care about is sustainable. And the important thing to us is to aggregate those businesses and find center points for them, right? So if you say all, all that you care about is sustainable, we'll just show you sustainable businesses. And you're 2x more likely to click on that product, right? if we show you something that aligns with your values. So I think really we leave it up to the consumer. We don't tell them what matters. They tell us what matters to them and we source and aggregate those with trust, right? We've created a tool and a system that allows us to aggregate those and identify those businesses accordingly so that they can find what matters to them.
0: Got it. Got it. That helps. No, that does help. Uh, You mentioned the SMB definition. So Hypothetically, if our place um, exceeds fifty million, are they they're off the platform?
1: Hypothetically, yes, and because we're new, <laughs> we're working on that. Obviously, the word inflation comes to mind, and the word categories comes to mind. So, as a small business listening, you're thinking, wait, you know, we've got Sabai on the tool. They're a wonderful black owned furniture brand. They have different margins. They sell sofas, right? And so much like the SBA, we're reevaluating with the scale of our team. How we can categorize and scale, you know, various different, you know, um, profit margins for people so that we can create a proper identification system, whether it be 50 million and whether we scale that due to inflation, you know, and create opportunity for folks who are saying, wait, I only have like, like 10 employees. And I'm making this in revenue. How can I not be on the tool? And so, again, as I said, we're in the stage where we're high growth, but we're we're learning from our SMBs and continuing to reevaluate based on landscape, ecosystem, market, how we identify who can be in and
0: out. Got it. Got it. Um, can you talk about the the business onboarding? So, did, was it 160,000 brands? You said is that or what? How? What, what was, yeah. So how? That's a that's a lot of brands. Um, how did you go about that? How automated was that process walk me through this
1: so that's the sort of consumer tech story side of what my co-founder Carrie and I built so when we launched goodbye we believed we needed scale you can't have a browser extension show up with a bunch of the same three results over and over right if you're trying to show up on top of amazon and so we thought okay we're never going to be able to acquire <laughs> you know 40,000 businesses at scale rapidly at a low cost to building our business. So we built a series of really smart tools that use you know, some third party data, but most importantly, the proprietary tools that we built that helped us identify businesses at various revenue targets from Shopify and other platforms at various scales across various categories. And then what we did was we built a unique tool that gave us a 99% accurate identification system for these 16 different business values and owner identities that we defined as important to the broad consumer, right? And so I can sort of go in and not all the way into, because obviously that's sort of our special sauce, but how we were able to do that at such a rapid rate. So we built that tool very thoughtfully. To this day, we've never had someone say to us, wait, we're not AAPI owned, right? because of how deliberately we've built it. And so what I will say is at that scale of those 180,000 businesses, we built a search engine that helped prioritize how things showed up properly, right? So there is a long tail to that. There's many of those businesses that don't serve up as much of a quality result. They don't show up often unless you're seeing a perfect product match, right? So there's a lot of thoughtfulness that goes into the hierarchy, the order, how how many of those businesses show up. The most important part is what we're doing now, which is ultimately onboarding these businesses and building an actual relationship with them, not just sending sales directly to them and saying, our place, you fill out this profile, we will look at it against our data. And if there's any glaring issues, we'll put a person in there to ensure it gets sorted out before we verify your business, right? So the current onboarding, as I mentioned through Shopify is a four minute, four step process for an SMB. They answer like four questions, essentially saying the scale they are, right? They identify their owner identities and business values should they choose to, you know, it's not required, right? They add that and then they identify the last important thing, which is that they don't fulfill products bought on their site directly in mega retailer packaging. So we can't have a small business receive an Amazon package, right? That's a really important aspect of our business. The experience that a customer has when moving through Goodbye is one of joy and connectedness to small business. So that's kind of the most important criteria. They can sell on Amazon separately, but when someone buys directly from their site through us, they can't receive that package there. And so that's really important. They identify themselves who they are. We verify that business and then they're on board and we're able to rapidly scale. We know that 80% of our businesses are likely women-owned through our initial data source. We only identified about 20% of them as women-owned because we were being extra cautious if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. So if they use um, FBA or what, what's not FBA, the, the other one that's for, uh, I I, sh- I should know my acronyms, but I don't, but pretty much <laughs> uh, not Amazon I fulfillment, but you know, not on the Amazon platform, they wouldn't be able to yes. use you as. Well, it
1: depends. You know, we've chatted with a lot of businesses. Some of those do fulfill through their own sites, whether they do the actual Amazon warehouse fulfillment or whether they use partial logistics and not the fulfillment through the warehouse. So It does get a little complicated, which is why in our onboarding, we get very specific about does that package arrive with Alibaba, Walmart wrapping, right? Or is there a human full quality to your experience? And for the most part, 98% of the businesses that fulfill through their own site don't do that, right? They do that through their Amazon selling opportunities when they're an Amazon partner, right? They do that through, you know, other fulfillment opportunities through affiliates and things like that. Does how, if that makes sense? That
0: makes a lot of sense. Um, how many um, businesses have been onboarded thus far? You said you started that in November?
1: Yes. So we started in November. We have not spent a dollar on outreach. So to be clear, this six, six weeks was for sort of learning for us. So we have about 550, which we're really proud of, you know, organic businesses who I've practically sort of, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have received a DM from me, genuinely me, saying, hey, you've had sales on the platform. I'd love to learn from you. You know, we've got 550 businesses on the platform, some of them making $40,000 in sales in six weeks with us, some of them making two sales because they're new, right? We serve mom and pop shops all the way through. So we are sort of at this uh, tipping point for ourselves where we are about to activate a bit of marketing, a bit of learning from the last six weeks that we've had to engage and onboard these businesses at scale. That said, many of the businesses listening may have received upwards of $20,000 in sales from us because we've been, re- we've been directing it to them at no cost. So a lot of these businesses can go in and see, you know, brands like Brightland and really wonderful D2C brands we all know of have a lot of sales through us. Right, and then we're working to obviously build relationships and get some of those on board.
0: Got it. What would happen hypothetically if Amazon introduced a piece of code that pretty much blocked your um, your extension on the site, so that it didn't work? Would that would that take, or even Walmart? Like, do you is that are you worried that that could be an impediment to the business?
1: No, I think you know it's obviously a, it's a wonderful question, Kale, that you ask because it some people think about it and some people don't. I think. The first thing to clarify is that a browser extension is a relationship, for anybody who doesn't know, is a relationship directly between you and your browser, right? So Amazon does not know. They see that the sale was a a click, but not a sale, right? But they don't know why. There is no way for them to know what happened. So their attribution of the reason code, right, for a sale being gone would not be goodbye, right? They'd have to infer based on our own scale once we got to that level. So that, that's the first thing is that they know they've lost a sale or that a search has been run and no clicks have been made thereafter. But because it's downloaded to your browser, there is no um, cross-section of data for them to understand where that went. So the first decision matrix for them to decide to put that code out there there's not enough data for them to make that decision if that makes sense and to put effort into it. That said, there are things we've come across like certain sites who you know, don't allow us to have like an image of ours show up, but we typically can work through the problem with our dev really quickly. So it's sort of like whack-a-mole. And honestly, we have thousands of businesses, right? People are on Home Depot when we show up. They're on, they're on thousands of businesses. And to date in the year and a half, We've never had a problem due to this relationship with the browser. The second answer to that question is the browser extension is a gateway drug, right? I don't know how PC your audience is, but this is what I like to call it, right? (laughs) It's it's sort of behavioral change gateway. You know, when we first started and I'd have a friend download it who didn't really think about shopping small, it was sort of this ping where if they didn't leave 1% of the time, 2% of the time, 3%, it started to just change their behavior. And then eventually they kind of feel like they don't need it. So I'm not trying to run us out of like the browser extension game, but it's sort of one tool in our repertoire to getting people to shop consciously easily, if that makes sense. So we're not dependent as a business model on the browser extension. In fact, the shop page sees more activity once a user's converted. So it's unlike Honey, in the way that the ecosystem is sort of dependent on the extension, if that makes sense. The extension is a wonderful asset and tool that helps change the dynamic of how people shop currently, but is not a requirement and to stick. Got it. We've introduced tools that benefit customers. So right now, if you've got the extension installed and you don't feel like using the sort of diversion tactic through it, you actually can go directly to your favorite small businesses and heart products and save them to your Goodbye Profile. So it's kind of like the old Pinterest model where you could pin visuals from anywhere. You can go to Omsom and click the heart, and it'll save to your Goodbye Profile. And then go to Paravel and click the, the luggage you want, and it saves your Goodbye Profile. So we're introducing new features and opportunities that aren't dependent, like Honey, right, on the sort of coupon extension model, if that makes sense.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah. I guess the thought that I had in my head when I asked the initial question, and this is uh, it's a very media focused question, but like um, if you go to certain news websites, if you have an ad blocker and that's just a browser extension, um, they'll say well, you can't load the page unless you disable your your ad blocker. And so I wonder if you reached a certain scale with retailers, um, if, they, if they would try and figure out some way to do that. But I guess that's a, that could be, you know, it, it's all, it is whack-a-mole, it sounds like.
1: Exactly, whack-a-mole, a problem for, for dev and a problem for later, but also we have extremely sort of valuable data and our SMBs also want to get into some of these retailers, right? So like Target is an, is an opportunity, right? To be able to say to Target, folks that are shopping on your site end up on Kinfield. Why aren't you selling Kinfield? And so there's opportunity for them to have that extension on there so that they can figure out what might sell best on their platforms. So we're getting heady here into sort of, you know, really long-term business propositions and opportunities for small business. But that's where we sort of see this going, is this really unique space that isn't about like us versus them. And, you know, that doesn't create that polarization, right? We're sort of anti-polarization. Small business is the last stand of common ground. Yes, we're trying to even it out a bit and get people off of mega retailers, but we're also not saying like, stop shopping at Target. We're saying, change your behavior a bit, make it, we're making it easier so that 40% of the time you can start doing this. So that gross stat, you know, 50% of all cert of all, you know, of all online spending happening on Amazon is no longer the case. Right. So it's not us
0: versus them. It's just like redistribution of opportunity. Got it, got it. Well, we're almost running out of time, but I have a million more questions I want to ask you. But uh, (laughs) I I wanted to get into sort of the future-looking things. You mentioned that you have tools that are being launched, and I wanted to ask a very specific question specifically about the ad tools, which is, are those just for the shop page. So when you talk about paying for visibility, those wouldn't be on the browser or would they be on the browser or sort of, how, how are you seeing those? And then what are your, your plans for the next 12 months?
1: Great question. And I appreciate the time span given there. So, because as everybody knows in startup, there's learning and you don't want to scale that too quickly, right? You want to create opportunity that's valid. So I'd say it's part media, right? And a little bit part um, shop page and then part tools. So V1 is shop page placements, which is where we're at right now. So folks that are directed there see these placements, they click through. We have a really, really low CPC there. It's mainly our shop page that will convert into our collections pages. So our shop page takes you into sustainable collections and other collections where folks can buy placements. Currently you can't buy placements there just because of the scale of our own team. That will scale. Some of our subscription place, subscription paid placement opportunities incorporate email, right? We've got a lot of email subscribers. So placements, mentions inside of there, and then on our social, which has a lot of followers as well. So that's the, the media sort of mention there. So it's the sort of whole ecosystem. And as it grows, we keep our CPCs really competitive, right? And scale the opportunity for SMBs inside of both Shoppage and our tools. The second part of your question more relates to sort of a, what we're launching at the end of Q2, which is boosting. So we've got a lot of our SMBs say, how do I show up more? Right? We have a ton of beauty brands on our tool. Wildling, Everest, like I could go on. There's so many. FemPower Beauty, New Savant. These are like all trending brands. They say, how do I show up more when someone's searching for a lipstick? Or even just category specific and they want vegan, Right because our current search just optimizes for what we've built. So the idea is that they would boost against those. And in those, it's sort of search oriented, much like you would do with an AdSense or a, you know, it's not, a, it's not gonna be as sophisticated through next year, but we'll be launching a series of opportunities for folks to boost against the value that they hold or to boost against the category that they're in, right? And they'll be able to show up more often inside of those searches in the extensions, in shop page, and in any search run by an individual. Does that make sense?
0: Makes a lot of sense. Last question before I let you go, but just, you you mentioned, you know, th- this tool at the end of Q2. In terms of g- growth, what are, what are the growth goals that you've set for the next year?
1: Yeah, so we've got some ambitious goals because of the sort of, you know, 33% month-over-month growth we've been sort of having. I think all that to say it's couched in us making our business resilient, looking at the market. I'm sure everyone's thinking the same thing. You know, what does 2023, 2024 look like as compared to, you know, 2020 and 21 when we're all at home and shopping up a storm and now we've got inflation at play and, you know, a little bit of a more reserved market at play. So, you know, it looks like us scaling our users, hopefully to around the 120K mark by end of next year. That seems very attainable for us. And really exciting for our SMBs. It looks like us increasing engagement with our SMBs, right? We have a small team. So how how do we, on behalf of our SMBs, get increased engagement, increased, you know, user activity? We've already got a pretty high, you know, click through rate. We're not concerned about that. We're not concerned about our conversion rate. What we'd like to work on is, um, really getting them to engage. And what that looks like is advanced search. So a lot of our priorities are around onboarding more businesses at scale so there's more opportunity for our consumers, right? It's sort of that dual, the duality there, 120,000 users, 10,000 businesses, right? We're scaling, we've got five new businesses a day coming into the tool with no spend, right? We get 10 new businesses a day, whatever it looks like for us building those relationships with businesses. So about 10,000 businesses, you know, all independent brands working to kind of gain these sort of new customers and new opportunities and learn about their business and their SEO and and us, you know, sort of learn from them as well. So that's ultimately what it looks like. And of course, for our business generating revenue so that ultimately we can create impact for our small business and create new tools and opportunities for them. Like I said, we're getting our B Corp in a month. We're almost there. Our small businesses are our stakeholders. They define our business. We are really trying to create, yes, a for-profit business, but truly a unique opportunity for small businesses where they don't feel burned, right, by what is out there for them right now and taken advantage of and tail between the legs, right? Right. So that is ultimately sort of where we're trying to head. Did that answer your question? Did I miss anything for you there?
0: No, you absolutely answered it. Kara. this is great. Thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too, Kale. It was great chatting. We'll have to do a a part two after our growth next year. Yes, exactly. In a year or so, we can talk again. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and head to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review and a rating. See you next week.